we started off with the men's and then next up, let's just go over this real quickly. Bray Wyatt versus, go ahead. I want to preface this. I told Mikey this off the air. So in this part of the night, I'm watching with a friend of mine. He had gotten an infuser for Christmas. So he infused a bunch of gin. So we were drinking Tom Collins's all the way up into this match. Pre-show to that. I'm about four Tom Collins's deep. And we bought a pitch black to drink during the match. So oh, I downed no. this 20 ounce of Mountain Dew pitch black. And all of a sudden I got like calm center because the caffeine fought the alcohol. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm 12 again, drinking this stuff like out of everywhere else. My mind was blazing and I'm watching this like complete acid trip going on, on, on set. And I still, it's like, holy mother of God, it was the wrong place to do that for <laughs> That's essentially what it was because after the men's rumble, it was Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Which just meant that we paint everything with day glow and make sure that nobody jizzed all over the set. So, well, you wonder what's on that. I, I want, I really wanted to like this. I really wanted to like it. And it was a sponsored match. Like I was cautiously if, sure if it had been more defined yes if there was like you know, it's going to be a hardcore rules match and just give it some definition for the thing i What's, think it would have been better something that drives me crazy about characters like bray wyatt and i followed bray wyatt a little bit and i had a friend of mine who was like hey you really love this dark horror movie character and what i know and whatever else it's not even trying too hard it's that it's hey let off the gas just a little bit you don't have to just a little because once it's not genuine anymore, now I don't believe you. The whole switch to the second mask. Like, why the fuck did you why? dress up like an Urukai? And the, the creepy haunted lantern? That what, he's been doing for a while. Like, that's sure. He's been doing that for a long time. That's fine, been a staple. <laughs> but, it's, but now it's now you have the lantern so that the day glow paint works when we cut the lights off. And maybe it's just because I'm a horror movie person or I haunted, haunted houses. I'm like, oh, I know what you're You're charging the day glow. You're right. You're like, oh, you're doing the thing. And so you kind of take the mystery away of this cool bitchin' scary thing that you've created. I'm not going to lie. It is terrifying. There's some. But he's, he had the scoopy. same point with the fiend. Sure. Yeah. Whereas this is great, but yeah. the fiend wasn't beatable. This match, it is what it is. Of course, I knew Bray was going to beat LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I chose LA Knight because fuck the fans. That's why. I w- listen, I love him or hate him. LA Knight is a good talker. He's one of the no, few he's ones. great on the mic. I think he was a great. He's a he's one of my favorite. Types I feel of like heels, this is, actually. Yeah. I wanted more because I was like, once these two started feuding, I'm like, huh, I didn't know that I wanted to see this. Let's see where this goes. And well, then, of course, we get this match and I was like, but I give WWE credit for the build. They put the right talker against Bray because Bray's yep. also really good on the mic when he wants to be. So you got to put someone who's just as hot. Yeah. can go toe to toe with him. Then I, we get to the ending after the match because the match was too short. And it was barely it was no. literally five minutes. I was there before we go to the end. I'm, I'm rewatching this now, and I still think this is a fuck up on their side. Ray Wyatt takes the awning off the table, starts knocking stuff over, but knocks over the two cups that have all the cool glow in the dark, whatever the hell the confetti things in there. Because he couldn't see. Yeah, but it ruins yeah. the joke. Because because yeah. what you're building up to is you do Explosive. this LA night through the table and it goes everywhere. And then at one point the camera caught because like I believe Bray or yeah Bray was trying to get LA night and I think Bray slipped yeah. off the barricade trying to slam mm-hmm. it into the table. So then LA and night decided you know sh- what and then got Bray and went, yeah. yep. I, I was wanted, like damn. So it's that's almost like if you try to do a match in UV in light you light. can't see anything. Contacts that so also here's glow. What, I here's what through them. Here's what boggled my mind because like 
When they announced Pitch Black, I was like, you know what? This might be like a Lights Out match. I kid you not. I was like, they just did this in NXT over the summer, and they did it better, in my opinion, between Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton in that Lights Out match. You could, They could still see everything. It's just that the lights were dimmed, but it wasn't like UV black light. They yeah. should have went with that approach if they were going to do a pitch black match. Yeah. I wonder what might have saved. I'm not going to say nothing could have saved. I will say they took a risk, but it was a sponsored match, so they couldn't take a real risk, if that makes any yeah. sense. If they had blacked out everything but the ring and made it like Again. it's, it's all, is that what the your the other match was you're talking about lights out match? The lights out match, like you could still see the audience, but if you wanted just the arena lit and you can barely see the it's a shocker, look at Impact, what they did a couple weeks ago in the fight pit match between Kenny King and Speedball Mike Bailey. Like literally, it was like a fight, like a literally a fight club feel. Like the audience, the lights that were on the audience was more darkened. So you really couldn't see the audience, but the only thing that was lit up was the actual ring itself. The I will say, were, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that the glow in the dark kendo stick thing, that's bitching. I was okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually kind of good. <laughs> to talk like, to why, why they couldn't do the lights down, though, even if they have the lights just on the ring itself, you have everyone with their cell phones out doing the Firefly thing, so you're going to have that lit up no matter what. So it's sure. Little, more odd, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but so, let's get to this ending. <laughs> so I'm convinced, I'm rewatching it now to make sure, that Captain Howdy missed LA Knight. <laughs> he did. Yeah, and, he and did. There's, there's fan footage that shows he missed by even more yeah, and the live crowd saw it, and so it's like really? it's their intelligence in the arena to see that. Yes, there was that whole thing they talked about with the entire wrestling world shit on Chris Jericho after the first blood and guts match when he fell into a visible crash pad. But sure. and in this one, I can see it. You don't want him like caving LA Knight's chest in with an elbow drop off of yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> but sure, time, you still got to sell it somewhat. Like you're, there was no contact whatsoever. There's no pop when you listen well, to it. It's and then just, on top of that, too, like, I feel like what undersold the whole moment afterwards, too, is because everything was still under UV light. I had to double. On my, I didn't see it on my first watch. I had, I only caught it during the second watch this morning. I was just like when all like the life size version of the Firefly Funhouse characters like peering over the top of the scaffolding. I'm like, oh, shit. How did I miss that on my first view? And then I was like, oh, wait, the UV light didn't put them into frame correctly because it's so dark. Yeah. I missed them on the entrance. They were all mm. on the entrance ramp, and like it was too right? late to see them. Are they really? I did not I see that. I this is my third or fourth time watching this. Yes. I caught Mercy at the end when he takes a second to stop for a second before he walks to the ring. Mercy the buzzard's right there, but apparently Abby's in the crowd. Huskus is over there. Like They're all in the ramp. And it just you miss so much of it because it's fucking dark. I don't I know, get, man. I think it needed more... It needed the right production value. I don't... I, cinematic just... Mm, I feel like Let's look at the Firefly Funhouse match between Bray and John Cena. That was oh. glorious. This is all but, stuff I got to go do my homework on. But it was one that I really wanted to like that because there was some stuff in there. That I was like, oh, that would be cool as hell if it was this or this. But, but it, yeah. it was all right. I don't blame Bray or L.A. They did the best they could because most sponsor matches aren't great, but it was all right. The next match was also okay because they only got seven and a half minutes. Bianca versus Alexa for the Raw Women's Championship. I was I almost, like, I, I almost yeah. I missed half of it. I had to go back because I left the room for a second. That's how short this match was. Bianca wins, and then Uncle Howdy's voice comes up the on the screens. 
What's and the over angle, the, what's the angle with her in that? Can you tell They're me? looking to put they're looking to put Alexa back into her spooky character that she was because she was with Bray Wyatt for a little bit. Okay. And then once Bray got released, then she had the Lily doll, which was a whole plethora of things. It I sold say, a lot of stuff, but it was terrible. Yeah. So literally they're just that. turning Alexa back to the spooky character. All right. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And it's sad because I like Alexa and I like Bianca. This match was way too short because it's the rumble and to be expected. I just wanted more. Everything they did was good, but it, it was wasn't great. great. It was I mean, solid technical it was, stuff. Uh, it was okay. It was okay and the crowd definitely wasn't into it. I don't think it wasn't fully solid technically either. There were a couple of times where they were just missing each other on it and... It just felt off in some places. It just it didn't work. It's the best of their time they've done together. The couple of TV matches have been worse, but I don't know. I just it didn't feel like there was any fire to it. Like but Bianca didn't want to be there and Alexa wasn't giving any all at all because she right. knew she had to sell this thing at the end. So sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was interrupted by the Applebee's commercial that just came on my phone. I was like, oh hey, there it is. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I I rem- and I try. I was sitting there thinking that I was an asshole because I was like, "This is okay. Is it okay because I'm judging it compared to men, or is this a genuinely mat- mediocre women's match?" Oh, okay. No, it's like for me, I'm a listen, Yeah, it could have been a better match because I'm a Bianca Belair stand, and in my opinion, since she mm-hmm. has had the Raw Women's Title, looking back at all of her previous defenses, to me, this is her weakest defense. Okay of the title in her run so far. And it's not to knock her and not to knock Alexa, but like it just felt off. They both weren't like the gravitas of the craziness. And I think what didn't help either is that the build to this was not the best either because it's really hard, especially since Bianca is getting thrown into the spookiness of it as well. And I rather I like the Bianca that we get when she's feuding, when she's the shit talker, Bianca. Like she is the EST because she has the skills and she can back it up. But also we need the five feet of fury of Alexa Bliss. She's not the goddess anymore. She's just the goddess character was the best iteration of Alexa Bliss because that would have been great. Goddess versus the EST Bianca because they would both shit talk each other. It would have been great. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, those two matches, I was like, okay, it wasn't the worst thing, but I was like, eh, it was all right. So now. Let's get through this women's rumble. So I was, I will off the top. I was almost upset that Rhea Ripley was first because my heart sank. Cause I went, Oh, there's no way. Damn. I did not <laughs> think she was going to get the push push. And maybe that's just me being naive. Maybe it wasn't sure. I had her in my top four, which were my picks. I was like, I think she's one of the top four. I was hoping she would win, so I went with my heart, like kind of like you did, Mikey. Yeah, you know what? That would be great. But with seeing her at number one, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Pull is also, she almost didn't on the night, because if you saw the presser afterwards, she dislocated her knee Mm -hmm. in the middle of the match. That's why Mm -hmm. she couldn't do the big spot at the end to get the right way to it, because she had no way to put weight on it, which then it popped back in. And then she was able to fix it. (laughs) She did this whole thing with one knee? One knee for most of it until she fixed it on the fly. What? Yeah, that's how. Listen, Rhea has worked the British wrestling independent scene as well as like well, the, the Australian, Australian scene. one, it, the yeah, Australian scene too, which is also hardcore as well. You know, so she's was, used to this kind of stuff. There was a moment I'm not going to be able to find it where she was jumping on one leg. Yeah, hmm? and I remember thinking, "Oh, she's acting like she's hurt. Oh, cool." I had no, 
That was somewhere near the end, though, where she was genuine. Oh, wow. That's fucking yeah. And then yeah. she had to go do the power lift spots on yeah. our number 30, and she, that's half the reason it didn't work. She yeah, didn't it was. She her knee to get her, because normally she can get her up and move her, but she couldn't. And like even doing the riptide to her afterwards was like a, she's in excruciating pain trying to pull that off. So Yeah, it was crazy. So Rhea comes in at number one, and then at number Girl. two is Harley Quinn. Oh, I'm sorry. Liv Morgan. I thought that was Harley Quinn. <laughs> Listen, I am a Liv Morgan. I am a Liv Morgan stan. I will unapologetically support her. But you know what? I was a little worried because I was just like her championship title run was eh. And it sucks because I like Liv a lot, but I understand that people may not. Yeah, did her dirty and they didn't ever push her really. It was just it was a horrible use of her. Yes. The next entrant who the epitome of underused, in my opinion, the person sitting next to me goes. She's still with the company. Yeah, I know. Number three, Dana Brooke. <laughs> Poor Dana, man. I was just like, girl has done everything that she's been given. I'm just like, listen, I know you may not think of her as like women's champion material, but homegirl puts in the work. She's incredible in the ring. I'm watching it right now. Oh, my God. She's fluid and moving and she's all in there because she hasn't been used as much. She's got a lot less mileage on her. <laughs> Fair enough. She was she and Tamina were stuck in the 24-7 title picture. <laughs> oh god, Tamina. Um, uh, we'll talk about her a little bit. After Dana, number four is Emma. Which, my God, she went berserk when she got in there. I was so happy to see Yes. Her. I was like, damn, was I was like, where was this? <laughs> but then I was like, oh wait, yeah, Tanil Dashwood actually went this hard in impact. <laughs> and Emma did too when she was Emma and would turn it on when she got in the ring after the bubbly entrance, she would definitely do it. And then the whole thing changed. But oh. Side note, because we are talking about Emma. Remember when she was teamed up with Santino? Yes. <laughs> that I was great. Enjoyed that. It was wonderful. Also, it's nice to see Santino back on my wrestling TV screen because he's now an authority figure over in Impact Wrestling. It is glorious. I got to do more and more homework. Carry on. I'm Homeboy like looks jacked now, too. Me. I was like, damn, Santino, you like jacked yourself up, bro. Him and Ernest the Cat Miller. It's hysterical. That was hilarious. Oh, God, he's back. No, not again. What's up? <laughs> Bitches, what's up? Are you here to? Hey. Are, you here to st- are you here to stay for a little bit, or are you just popping in to be annoying again? Well, I can stay for a little bit. <laughs> okay, eat your food, man. Just listen. Oh, okay, just listen to us ramble because we just started the we're talking about the women's rumble, <laughs> and we just talked about mommy and Liv Morgan going yeah, in. We've just talked about Emma coming in, basically. Yeah, so four. we're at number four, which is Emma. <laughs> All right, so continuing this gravy chain, number five, Shayna Baszler. Oh, I need Shayna to stop using Ronda Rousey's makeup artist. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. And I need her to actually be used the right way because she can be a badass if she needs to be. Oh, for sure. It sucked that she got eliminated towards the tail end of people. I mean, she lasted a little bit of long, but then we'll get into it yeah. after Shayna Baszler. At number five, number six was Bailey. One third of damage. Curdle. <laughs> Curdle. I love damage Bailey. control. I love Bailey because I'm a homer. She's from <laughs> yeah. up here, so I'm horrible. Yeah, from San Jose, California. <laughs> Bailey was a pick that somebody had that was like, it was a dark horse pick to do it, because why not? She was in the right spot to do it, but... And Bailey is... Sasha, Sasha never won the Rumble, huh? No, Sasha never did. Okay, yeah, because right now that Sasha's no longer in WWE, Bailey is the only horsewoman to yet win a Rumble, because Becky has won it and Charlotte has won it twice? Yep. Yeah. Anyways, yep. so Bailey. And then I was surprised about this next one because I was like, girl hasn't wrestled on TV yet. Number seven, B-Fab of Hit Row. I'm sitting there going, 
used her in it, but you didn't use the rest of it. You didn't want Flop Dollar to be in the other uh, Royal Rumble to make the sure fact that they continue to bring up like the mistake Top Dollar did flying over the top rope. I was like, the man's is already paid his penance with that. Let's drop that angle. I was like, we're burying him on TV, and I was just like, this poor man's is. He's getting paid so, fine to do their other stuff for a He's fine. Yeah. His, that show is very interesting, by the way. Just FYI. I actually enjoy him on that. It was really good. Yeah. All right. So while BFAB doesn't last that long, she's only in for 36 seconds. And then she, Rhea Ripley just dumps her over the top rope. <laughs> she hauls ass, though. Yeah, she wanted to be there. I'm watching right which now. is which brings up John's point of what we talked earlier in the podcast. These women can actually make running work. <laughs> oh, and their cardio. And yeah, she's running their cardio. Their entrances, like everything was just a lot more theatrical and engaging the entire time. They seemed happy to be there. Uh, she, that's what it was. Her elimination was the one she got lipstick all over Rhea lip, Rhea no, that's face. when Rhea's nose broke. Yep. That was Rhea's nose blood. That's blood blood. That's blood it was blood. blood blood and they played it off. Oh, it's lipstick. Michael that lipstick was not bothered on BFAB. Don't lie. <laughs> lying yeah. sack of shit, Michael Cole. Hang on. I yeah. bought it too. I just remember her that nose broke doing her this? Nose. Yeah. Or it, was, it was her nose broke. Her septum piercing up nose. Then? Yeah. Yep. It was oh, crazy. No. Yeah, so Rhea yeah. Ripley dumps BFAB. Number eight is the yeah. first of the NXT representation, which I was like, you got the women, you couldn't get no men, but whatever. We already talked about it. The NXT women's champion, Miss Roxanne Perez, makes sense because she is a native of Texas. She didn't, she didn't Yeah, she didn't. Austin Theory didn't have the United States belt either. It was crazy. So stupid. I was like, I understand, but at the same time, it was nice to see Roxanne because she went nuts too. She was she had a good spot there when she got in. She got a I lot forget. Of I was like, dang, she's so tiny compared to most of these women. Yeah, but I oh. love her, and she. I was afraid. I was like, oh no, they're gonna like only give her like maybe a couple seconds and then eliminate her. But she lasted pretty okay. Yeah, Michael Cole made me laugh. She's or was it Corey Graves? Is like, well, she lasted longer than her mentor Booker T. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, the they're going ham on this commentary. It's crazy. So after Roxanne Perez, nine, I'm just going to put them together because nine and ten, we have the rest of Damage Control, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, formerly known as Io Shirai. And once these two enter in is when all hell breaks loose because then the numbers game becomes a thing and they start eliminating people. Well, they were also they, doing some amazing tag team stuff like chucking mm-hmm. out the ropes and like freaking doing nuts yeah. stuff on there. It was awesome. I was like, dang, okay, now you're making me care about them as a tag team. So this is great. So, then, not, are they heels? Am I not supposed to like damage control? You're not supposed to like damage control. You're not kinda, supposed to like. Yeah, it's great. I'm totally okay with them for the wrong reasons. Like I yeah. like, they're great. It is you know, glorious. Funny part is, I turned to my friend. We were bringing them. They're saying they're damage control, all that stuff. But EO and Dakota's tag team should be called Team Kicks and Flips. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's kicks and flips because one kicks, one does flippy things. Exactly. It's so good. All right. So after those two enter, so that was nine and 10, 11, we got the return of Natalia. She looked amazing. That was ring great. gear was on point. I was like, who, yes, Natty. Who is she? I don't Natalia know. Natalia Hart. She's, she's one of the hearts, right? Yes. She's the daughter of Jim Nighthart. Oh, one of the hearts, kid. It's Nighthart. I was the whole time I was like, it's got to be a heart. She was one of the last graduates of the heart dungeon. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, like she looked great because I had forgotten that she was gone because Shayna broke her nose. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible in the ring. Yeah. She's, oh, um, for sure. 
we were talking about this. My friend and I were saying what we need from Natalia at this point, because she's she's the best thing ever and she can definitely shape things. I'd love to see her head up a heel stable. You don't call it the Heart Foundation. You call it the Heart Dungeon. And she runs heels through dungeons, like dungeon style, like workouts and stuff in these promos. And like, she takes them into a basement and wrecks these women like Stu Hart used to do to guys. Oh, yeah. And then you have all these technically savage heels that she runs with. It would be so cool to see in the women's division. You could, yeah. Cause NXT, so when black and gold NXT kind of did this a little bit too, when, cause the male equivalent of that would be, was Timothy Thatcher. Cause Thatch can't, you know, his class and his promos and all that. Yep. But no, yeah, so, it's a perfect setup, and you don't call it the foundation; you call it the heart dungeon, and it'd be amazing. She could take it so far because she's at that point in her career where she can still go. She's amazing hand in the ring, but she's also that that elder stateswoman of I've been here forever. I've gone through so right. many changes. I am vicious right now, and I want to pass that on to a bunch of people. Yeah, just have them do fight pit matches. Call them the heart dungeon matches for reals. That'd be so good. What were those called in the early? Were, were those the lion's den matches? Lions Den, the and there's then, like uh, a whole different names yeah <laughs> yeah because there was one with ken shamrock and own heart that was the lion's den match that was the lion's den match right Her own heart rocks him with that tiny five pound cardio weight. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it is ridiculous after natalia number 12 we have candace laray done so dirty candace laray was done so dirty I know she only was in there for five minutes and 11 seconds that was mommy so- wrestling does so much better i love her so much I'm so upset because I know they want to keep everybody separate, but like we couldn't like even in the match, we couldn't have the mini like the way. Yeah. When she comes in later, but we'll talk about her after Candice, the second NXT representation, number 13, Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark. So I'm, te- I'm calling it right now. She's the one that attacked Nikita Lyons in the parking lot because Nikita's out with an actual ACL injury. She but we're pretty- like how many times? Yeah. Wait, yeah, John, John, Professor, I've showed you the picture of Nikita Lyons in her ring gear, correct? I think so. Yeah, we did back when we were doing it. That's right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, this is not practical. I don't hate. (laughs) Neither is her her finisher where she does a split on somebody's chest. Like, oh, my goodness. But yeah, Zoe comes in. Zoe got this. Zoe Stark has become one of my favorites in NXT right now. Yeah, I also like that she's gone heel. Because now she's just, I don't care. I'm going to kick everybody in the face. I'm like, go for it. Yeah. She's great. Good good addition there. The next one surprised me because I was like, you know what? I could dig this. Number 14, our first. Well, do is it first? No, it's not the first. But our other Asian representation in this Women's Rumble, number 14, Zaya Lee. The fact that she ran with her like staff all the way down and made it look effortless, I was like, she yes. She should have brought it in. There's no disqualification. She should have brought the staff in the match. But no. And started. Take it. I love that she like looked at the ref and just shoved him down to the floor with it. It was great. I want she, that Zia Lee. Give me vicious Zia Lee. She also took one of the sickest bumps on the apron of the night when she did the bump for the X Plex on the friggin' thing there. It was I was props to her for taking that hitting right in her head. Yeah, it was crazy. The fact that Zaya was in there for a good 15 minutes made me happy to see because usually in previous years she was always like one of the first few out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want, I'm hoping, because I know for Triple H loves Zia Lee, keep her vicious and just make her into a Bruce Lee archetype where she's just going to kick everybody's face in. Stick her in the heart dungeon. Yes. Put her in a yellow jumpsuit and just 
get kicked in the chest. <laughs> and I don't know if there's and it I almost yeah. kicked him up to a bar. Sorry, I was I got distracted for a second. I'm I think I know when Rhea Ripley busted her knee. And I think it was on the Zoe Stark attempted elimination when it was wrapped around the rope. Oh, you know what? That would make a lot of sense. And there's something that happens. You Ripley scream for a second and the camera pans away, only stays in that corner for about 60 seconds. Does not change until Zia Lee, who you're talking about, comes in. I want to say, no, there's someone in between there, but like it doesn't cut away. And Rhea Ripley is just on the apron the entire time. Now she's in the corner. Camera's not on Rhea Ripley. Okay. Exactly. Dang. Right yeah, in there is where the it looks like that's where the botch was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Mini, we were told this because we're professionals here. Apparently, I didn't know this until afterwards, so that what I was told. Apparently, mommy got hurt halfway through the rumble and then her, she popped her knee back into place towards the end, too. So, she wrestled Dislo- with the injury. She dislocated it. Yeah, dislocated her kneecap in the rumble, which is why she couldn't get Naya up over her head, why she couldn't do a lot of the power spots. So, she had no stamina, like nothing there. Yeah. And then popped it back in after the match. I was wondering why, like, when she picked up Maya Jackson, that uh, was it. Yeah. Ripped like, She's normally able to flip her up a lot. I don't think she struggled with that. Yeah, no, no, she was on one leg. She was on one leg. Because what it looks yep. like is every time she stands up, it looks like she's leaning in to be like, hit me. Boom. And yep. then she'll go flying into the other side and then goes to the other Lying corner. A bit, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So after Zia Lee at number 15, we have Becky Lynch. She strutted faster than most of those men ran. Yes. Because she is what? The man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, while I'm still mad that we never got the cage match, I'm, ex- I'm glad that we're going to continue this a little bit because Becky just straight went after damage control uh-huh. and just started beating so the awesome. piss out of them. <laughs> um, just stomps Bailey in the corner the whole entire time. Love it. It's great. After Becky Lynch, we have the shiniest wizard, Miss Tegan Knox, still rocking the crazy color hair. Surprisingly, if we were ever to get like cross brand, I want her and Chris Statlander to be a team. I don't know why, but give it to yeah. me now. Or like her and Candice LeRae. Like I'm sitting here like, why are you paired up with Liv? Go with Candice. Get the pixie in you. It'd be great. It would be so great. It was and so I, nice. Last yeah. long. She did so many good things. It was so good. Tegan is awesome. I hope that Trips continues to use, use her a little bit. I'm a little worried because this roster is bloated right now, but you know what? I hope they figure out a way to get it used. And then mm. this was moment number one for me in the sense of just like this women's rumble became so much better than the men's because next up, number 17 was Asuka. Was it the regular one we come to know? Oh, no, because we she comes in with new theme music. I'm like, oh, shit, what is this? And then she comes with the new mask. I'm like, no, is this what I think it is? And then she slowly takes off the mask and she's wearing her Kana makeup. And so I was like, like, I barely could hear it. But like I, the wrestling audience like lost their shit because the true professional wrestling fans know Kana is a part of Asuka that she had in New Japan. And this is the equivalent of Shinsuke Nakamura, King of Strong Style. She will crazy. She's going to beat everybody up. Hits hard, kicks hard. Like she's fucking crazy. And I was just like, I literally was yelling at my TV screen. I'm like, yes. There's a great about 15 seconds here where they just stare at her and they don't know what to do. <laughs> yes. Because I was just like, if they're acting, that's great. But sometimes I feel like they don't tell the wrestlers in the ring who's coming out. And I think these girls do enough 
have enough wrestling knowledge where most of them do anyways. They know, oh shit, Kana's here. It's about to get real. Two or three of them have fought Kana. Yes. Kicked by Kana. So yeah. And so I don't want I don't want anyone to ruin the magic or give away the ghost, but how did the how'd she do the mist? Uh, where was where was that pocketed or hidden? Either it ref or it was under the ring, I believe. And then when it was time to use it, just pop it was perfect. Yeah, they, like, they pop, it's surprising. Like, it would have been in the corner, would have been lying down, gotten to give it to a bite. Like ref goes to check on her, gets given it, and she either like in the bra or something else until she pops it and goes. Because that was go- her exchange with Bailey too, right after her entering is really great. Yeah, I was Gosh. totally surprised by that. Yeah, what? So I was just like. I was like, yes, trips. Let I was so happy. I knew something was happening because leading into this, like when Asa w- came out in her one match and she wasn't wearing any makeup, I was like, hold up, we're getting something here. <laughs> Guess who needs to take on babyface Charlotte Flair now and beat her ass? Asuka or Kana, whichever one we want to do. Always gonna be Asuka. Oh, yeah. Yes, Charlotte's not ready for Kana. Yes, I'm so oof. Give me that match right now. Okay, after Asuka. We get the next best thing. Who comes in at number 18? Dewdrop. No, it is no longer Dewdrop, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Piper Niven has her name back and she returns at the Rumble. I lost my shit when I saw this. I was like, yes! I was happy. Right. Yeah. I was very happy she had her name back because I thought she got done dirty last year in Royal Rumble. I was like, what? Why? Her, her name, her ring gear, her persona, right. like everything. And she's so fucking agile. She was so good. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, I was so happy. I was so excited. That was the other moment that I yelled at the TV screen. I was like, yes, Piper! I was like, thank you, Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you for letting her be Piper Niven and have her go back to her ring gear. She would wear it NXT UK. And I was just like, and I, like, I worried for her for a few minutes there, knowing what she had just come out of and like her heart stuff and everything else. But she was on it. She was good. It was all good. And they gave her time. She lasted 28 minutes in the mm-hmm. rumble. Yeah. It was so good because yeah. usually the big girls, they always eliminate them after their power spots and then they get rid of them real fast. She's ridiculous agile. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I'm, it was really impressive. I'm revisiting it now. She just, and I'm like timing it out as we talk. It's. <laughs> I'm telling really you, great. the episodes are still up on Peacock, but go watch her NXT. Watch the NXT Women's Championship when she challenged Kaylee Ray in a F- Falls Count Anywhere match. That was. It was so good. It was so great. Then uh, the next person coming in who was like, "Why? I forgot she was part of the company." Same number nineteen, Miss Tamina. <laughs> And I'm sorry, Here's, Kana is meaner. Yes. Here's, <laughs> the thing that bothered me, too, is because I was full supporting Tamina, like when she started doing her own promos on Twitter, like when she was doing like all dressed like in a bridal gown and she was doing craziness, like she was in a mental asylum, like that shit was crazy. And then, of course, they made her take it down and they didn't let her do any of that. I was like, why? I was like, this would have been interesting. I will always stand Tamina forever in a day. The company never does anything good with her. Yeah, they gave her a tag team title run, but I was like, on top of that, my friend and I turned to each other and go, "Is she wearing her dad's coat?" And we're like, "Ooh." ooh I, like I was like, "Oh." <laughs> you really don't want to call attention to that right now. It's- Oops. And then I don't care what nobody says. Number twenty, Mac, Mrs. Mac Cardona, Miss Chelsea Green returns to WWE. No, I'm upset. Yeah, it was the Santino spot. I was like, why? I was like, we know Chelsea Green can wrestle. She and Deanna Parazzo and Impact were such a good tag team. 
because she's only back for the stupid reality show. They're not going to book her. I'm so upset. I was like, listen, I was like, Chelsea, you should have stayed at Impact, girl. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, because, I mean, your husband is currently there, Mr. Matt Cardona. But also, I feel like there's so many there's so many matches that I still want to see Chelsea have. Like her and Deanna were a great tag team. Her and Mickey's little feud was great. Her and Matt teaming up against Jordan. And I forgot who was the partner was great as well. I want now that Jonathan Gresham is signed with impact. I wanted like husband and wife fight like between Jonathan and Jordan versus Matt and Chelsea. That would have been great. I was I like Chelsea Green. She was done dirty because she only lasted five seconds. Rhea she Ripley just five seconds. It, her walk to the ring was three times more, as long. Yes. As Rhea Ripley as just long. grabs her and tosses her out. She literally lasted, they said afterwards, she lasted as long as Bushwhacker Luke. It was oof. That was not a great comparison. Jesus. I was like, poor Chelsea. Okay, so I love Chelsea, but this next moment really this was the other moment I screamed at the TV. Was it a what was it like product placement? Absolutely. Do I normally like that? No. Did I care? Absolutely not. Because number 21 was Zelina Vega cosplaying as Judy, one of the fighters from Street Fighter. And listen, Zelina Vega is that girl when it comes to cosplaying. Like she doesn't half ass it half the time. She like legit does her research. Mrs. Malachi Black is that. And just having her full on looking like a short version of Judy. And even having the contact color right and everything, it was so good. I love Zelina. And the fact that she lasted a good while, too, I was like, they actually let her wrestle because people forget that she can wrestle. <laughs> yeah. I, John, also, this is where I agree with you full on. This is where I was like, shut the fuck up, Pat McAfee. Like, going off <laughs> exactly. I had no idea. What, he's like, I don't know what this Street Fighter crap is. And like, I don't, I don't, shut the fuck up. Pat. Yeah, just stay in it. I'm also realizing. I'm also realizing yeah. now. Rhea Ripley doing all this with a bad knee, like even more impressive. <laughs> incredible professional to still know. I have to do this with this person. I have to do this with this one. I have to eliminate. Like knowing all that, just nuts. But also good for good on the partners as well. Like you, I've informed you, my knee is shot. Let's take it mm-hmm. easy. Let's figure a way out of this. And they're yeah, they're taking care of her. I love all these fights on the apron. The women just do yeah. it better. Oh, for sure. That's in yes. general across the board. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. After Selena, number 22, Rhea Ripley is mommy, but this is also mommy for me is Miss Raquel Rodriguez. I'm still like, I understand why they would need to change her finisher. I'm still mad that they changed it. It's now the Tejano bomb. I was like, you should have been full paisa with it and still let her call it the chingona bomb. But I know why they changed it because it's like a bad word in Spanish. I was just going to say, wait, didn't you just say, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still like it being called the chingona bomb, but whatever. Rick, Miss Raquel Rodriguez was also the other powerhouse, just smacking girls upside down mm-hmm. and just like slamming people. Her and Ripley have got to have a one-on-one at some point, though. That staring, that standoff. It, uh, I was like, I'm thinking back on it. And I'm like, did we get them? See, I don't remember. Barely. Oh, I just uh, saw Ripley came back. So at okay, hang on, I'm ruining this. At two hours and fifty-ish <laughs> minutes in. Rhea Ripley is no longer in the ring. Mm. Jumps back in the ring, immediately talking to somebody else, points to her knee, and then starts kicking someone with the other leg. And then just letting folks know, like the communication now. 
I've yeah. gone full conspiracy theory. I'm tracking reasoning. <laughs> but honestly, it just makes her win eventual win. Spoiler I, alert. <laughs> but the fact that she pops it back in to finish the thing. Yes. Like, oh, unbelievable. Anyway, carry on. I'm sorry. That's also half the reason she sat on the turnbuckle at the end there instead of standing there pointing at the sign because she's I can't stand on the turnbuckle on the thing. <laughs> yeah. Man, that would have sucked if she didn't pop. Obviously, she's probably still needs to get checked out, but I couldn't imagine you win the rumble and then you can't even get to do it because you go out on injury like that. I'm like, I hope everything's good. You're going to All WrestleMania. Right. You have 63 days to recover. <laughs> yeah. Some full Finn Balor treatment. Yeah, for sure. Ugh, we still don't talk about that. That was so sad. All right. After Raquel, number 23, I don't care. I'm not using the nickname they gave her. 23, Miss Mia Yim, a.k.a. Mrs. Keith Lee. <laughs> but the yeah. Tron said Meechin, and all they said was Meechin. That's slightly racist, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I was like, it? I know the cultural context what? for it. So WWE has given her the nickname of Meechin. So in Korean, I forgot what that means. It's, it translates to something. But I don't like that because just let her be Mia Yim because Meechin is a nickname that is reserved in the Korean language. But I also don't like it because then it's the stereotypical kind of stuff WWE usually does with their wrestlers that are not Caucasian. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. And plus, they keep changing it every other week. It goes from Mia Yim to Meechin to just like Yim. I was just like, whatever. Okay, I was surprised, and we'll talk about it a little bit now that I think about it, because they mentioned that Mia is somewhat in an alliance with the Good Brothers and AJ, which brings to my question, I'm like, where the fuck was AJ? Where the fuck were the Good Brothers in the first Rumble? Yes! I don't know, man. I don't know, but we're on the women, so Mia Yim, don't care what nobody says. She was my number two wrestler 2022. Her matches in Impact were great. NXT did her dirty. Just saying. So did but her as Reckoning. Oof, we don't talk. We, we pretend we forget about that time. John, John this to. is when we talked about slap nuts and G spot. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Slap dick nuts face. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Retri- poor re- all the people in retribution, like Mercedes Martinez was smart when she said no. <laughs> yeah. But then she got released anyways. But that's sad. But anyways, number 24, Miss Lacey Evans comes to the ring. Get rid of her. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask, who is this? Poor, okay. So here's what I will say. Lacey Evans, they have dropped the ball with her so many times because they always keep constantly changing her character. Honestly, if I was going to pick an iteration of Lacey Evans that I thought really worked was her first iteration when she was the sassy Southern Belle. But that's like grasping at straws right there. Like some kind of weird soldier now. Like Here's the thing. When she was in NXT, I liked her character because she was the Marine turned wrestler and that was her gimmick. She like came out as like a 40s pinup girl, like dressed in like altered versions of like naval she a, clothing. Is she a Marine? Is she former military? She's a yes, former military. She yeah. is former Marine. Yeah, she actually she should, served. She should. Oh, they should use the hell out of that. Well, now they are, but I feel like it's too little too late. Oh, so I'm going to go on a thing here too. Here's my tangent. I don't care what they book her in. I don't care what they do. They shouldn't have hired her back. The amount of stuff she's gone on a rant on out of kayfabe, her personal beliefs on how people with down syndrome shouldn't be around. Yeah. It's very problematic. She's very racist, very homophobic, extremely all these things. And like super religious conservative. And she's been very vocal about it. I'm like, you don't get to have this platform and then also add the military thing. into it. I get that fills those things for you, but I don't need a female Sergeant Slaughter 
telling people that I know that they not they shouldn't exist. Like he I'm was, done with her. Did I don't she talk her shit about Down's kids? Yeah. Yes, it is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. He, it, so here's Why? the thing. So here's the thing. There's and again, every I'm. I don't even want to touch on this because I'm afraid to. But like, we're going to talk about religious, the religious aspect really quickly, because, again, it's not fair to compare wrestlers, but there's a way to go about it where you don't seem like a dick about it. Lacey Evans's method of going about it has been super in your face and very problematic. And it's ridiculous that she hasn't been fired yet. But then on the opposite side, like the other religious wrestler I know that's in that company is AJ Styles. He's that same way uber religious like super like that but you don't see but aj is cool like that like he doesn't speak upon these things we don't really know where he stands do i want to know not really what like aj is smart because he's super religious i've seen him interviews he does talk about it he believes in the monotheistic god he does go to church on sundays but he's not an asshole about it he also knows where his bread's buttered he's i don't i want to get as many people in the seats as i can i Mm -hmm. don't need to spout this there's no need to Twitter is not a diary. No. So is who is number nine? Michelle McCool is a big lady undertaker. Like she's all in on that. But I don't. She's got crosses on her blouse, (laughs) on her costume and stuff like that. So. Oh, you mean her running clothes that she obviously didn't. Her running gear, the Lululemon gear that she got custom. Lululemons. (laughs) Yeah, Michelle didn't need to be there. If I'm being honest, but whatever. All right. There were so many other women they could have used instead of her for the legend spot. Just yeah, but number yeah, number 26 was a little bit of a pick-me-up, though. The final NXT women representation for this Rumble, Miss Indy Hartwell. I was sad that there was no Index reunion, whatever. Give me she Index did, now. She, she did great, too. I was happy to see her. Oh, yeah, she left. I mean, she was only given five minutes, but she did great for what it was. And then I was disappointed because she was eliminated by the next person, number 27, Sonya Deville. So I am not of the camp, like, because people don't like Sonya Deville. I was just like, you know what? I like Sonya Deville. I really liked her and Mandy as a tag team when they were a tag team. And I feel for the situation that she and Mandy went through when that guy broke into their house. Yeah. That was intense. John doesn't know about this. Uh, What? (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you this story. Okay. So what was it? Like 2021? This is Thunderdome era. Like during COVID, yeah. So this is Thunderdome era, right? So at this point, I guess former WWE wrestler Mandy Rose, because she got released like not that long ago at the end of December, beginning of January. But Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were a tag team, and I actually like them. Both of them were still green. Sonya Deville comes from an MMA background, and Mandy was literally learning the ropes as she was going along. But I like them as a tag team. Now, they were getting a push during the Thunderdome era, and then they disappeared off of television for a little bit. We come to find out later that the reason they disappeared is because behind the scenes, IRL, Mandy and Sonia were living together. They have a house together or whatever. So they were roommates. So while they were home, some guy and this is like a gated house or whatever with security or whatever. But some guy broke into their house, broke in through the gate, entered the house and Mandy it was a yeah it was a stalker and so mandy and sonia called the police they were locked inside the closet because he managed to find his way inside the house was looking for sonia and then they were off tv because then they had to go to trial and then sonia had and mandy had to give a testimony and they were supposed to have a blow off like hair versus hair match like full feud between the two of them because they'd been building this whole thing where sonia was mad at mandy for dating otis that was their whole thing. <laughs> they were going to have this huge bloodthirsty match. It was going to be good. <laughs> it was going to be amazing. And this all happened in the back. And they just, they, WWE was good. They're like, no, 
deal with that. Don't worry about us. Go take care of this. So Ugh. then when they both returned, then we had a loser leaves W.E. as a wrestler. Mandy beat Sonya at this. And this was SummerSlam, I believe, during the Thunderdome. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Mandy went one. She beat Sonya. Sonya left. And that's when she became like the general manager figure. And then she's only recently came back into the ring and whatnot. But yeah, so that was that's the little background of that. But Sonya, listen, I like Sonya. But like, again, also, I feel like potential is being wasted. I was just like, especially since she's one of the few wrestlers outside of Shayna. That is like your if you want that LGBTQTI plus champion, because Sonya is a lesbian, just putting it out there. And she has made it clear it is not a secret. But yeah, so is Tegan. So her, Tegan and Shayna. But Sonya is great. But yeah, I was mad she got rid of Indy. It is what it is. And then she has another championship match against Charlotte on SmackDown. Because they need someone. They need a heel to go after Charlotte. And they need someone Charlotte can crush in 10 minutes. Yeah. I like watching Charlotte try to remember she's a face. (laughs) That was so funny to watch her do where she yanked the title from the ref and then realized she's always the ref. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Anyways. So number after Sonia, number 28 is see Shotzi was smart because she rode down the tank halfway and then she got yeah. out and ran. So she got out of there quick. <laughs> was that a le- did she have a leather face mask on? She did yes, have a leather, face, have a leather mask face mask on. Yeah. She was wearing it and then she took it off. I was like, this is the Shotzi I loved in NXT. Give me this and then, one. And then doing the crossbody right at the beginning comes into the ring and mm-hmm. knocks out three people. Listen, even though Shotzi was only in there for eight minutes, I feel like this was a good redeeming moment for her because I know she got so much crap after the women's money in the bank and people still gave her kind of crap. But thankfully, it wasn't on her most of the time after her match against Ronda for the championship at the pay-per-view at Survivor Series. So it was nice to see a return to form for Shotzi where she looks like she's happy to be there again and she's not fighting off her dad dying. Right. And then people like having to delete her social media because people are mean to her, which was, she was I'm still mad. <laughs> she was my pick. So that was another one of the picks that I got right was I wanted Shotzi at least in the top 10. I want to yeah. say that she was in the top eight by when it was all said and done. She ended at 28. Yeah, she entered at 28 and she was the 23rd eliminated. So technically she made top 10 because she got seven. Math! Math! Yeah. Choose seven? Yeah! Which was nice to see. After that, number 29 was crazy sanity, Nikki Cross. Yes. So good. So good. I was sad. I was like, I hope Eric, I hope the rumors are true that Eric Young is coming back to WWE. Well, Alexander so, Wolf is a free agent right now. By the know. way, Alexander, Nikki Cross's husband, Killian Dane, is so funny. <laughs> okay. I don't know who this woman is, but I was in love with her. She's great. Okay. She's just this crazy ass ball of whatever the fuck that was. Okay, so like, so Nikki Cross, so when Nikki Cross came into NXT, she was part of a faction called Sanity. It was her and three other wrestlers, and she was the only female in that faction. So it was Nikki Cross, and the faction Sanity was led by Eric Young, and then the other members were Alexander Wolf, and who was the fourth one? Killian Dane. Killian Dane, that's right. Because he wasn't Big Damo then, he was Killian Dane. Yeah, Killian Dane, a.k.a. Mr. Nikki Cross, because Killian Dane and Nikki Cross are married. <laughs> yeah. But they They're were so, all like out of their so, minds. Yeah. They were violent as hell. They came in to basically cleanse and bring sanity to wrestling where they would beat the crap out of people. And she was the didn't talk, bit the ropes. She would like maul guys on their back and get on them. She was like, like she fight dudes as well as the women. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I, and she did. I'm 
was blown away. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to ask in the podcast tomorrow when I find out. No, and also just like, I love that she didn't take her coat off. She went in, kicked crap, and then did the coat swing. And then I'm so happy. On the camera, on the bottom rope, nailed it, did the whole yeah. WrestleMania bit. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. And then... Talk about the next one. Talk about the next one. Okay, this is going to be a hot topic, so I might get kicked <laughs> off this podcast, but we shall see. Is it the hot topic that there wasn't a countdown? Yes, what was that all about? But number 30 after a botched countdown is Miss number 30, Nia Jax. She's not like most girls. She doesn't get a countdown. <laughs> yeah, what happened to the count? It just disappeared? Someone fucked up and just pressed the go button on her music, and all of a sudden she's gone. <laughs> and great. Yeah, but Nia goes in there. She was only she's only there for a good two minutes. Which is and the, then, slow, the slowest walk of the night, by the way. Yes, right, of course. Right. Eliminated and tells everybody to suck it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> but see, like I like seeing all the girls. They just look at her. They surround her. They beat the tar out of her, and then they all eliminate her. Right. And poor Rhea Rip- like most girls. She, she, she didn't last that long. So she had a big Viz spot. Yeah. Is she. Okay, I know that I knew some of the Charlotte Flair shoot fight horrible person whatever story stuff from I don't even know how long ago that was. Is she has she been back? Is this no. her first no. time back? No. Once she got released, she was like done with wrestling and now she did this. Now, I've only heard speculation and rumors because WWE put up a new t-shirt for her on the shop. So who's to say if she's back for good for a part-time deal or what? But she's going to be around for in some capacity because WWE has a t-shirt. I think they get her in for the bloodline. That's yeah. They got her in for when everyone has to be a part of it, she's part of it. So you stick her in there, you get Naomi in there, you bring Tamina back for that. Which, it's by the all... way, where was Naomi? I want my Naomi back, damn it. Three finishers in the room. Yep. I kind of like... wish I wish Becky had still been in. Yeah. No one else beats up Nia. Nia's talking trash. Becky steps up and just like eye to eye. And it's like, you know what you I was like, you know what this is. And we were saying it was so funny. She got tossed over and didn't yell my hole. It was weird. Oh, that. So with Nia Jax being number 30, the rumble, the women's rumble is complete. Everybody keeps going. Eventually we get to the final four, which is made up of Nikki Cross, Asuka, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. So Nikki gets fourth place. Liv eliminates her. And then we get like a good like triple threat style between Asuka, Liv, and Rhea where they all came so close to falling over. And then towards the end, we get this amazing spot. Asuka goes to blow the miss in Rhea's face. Rhea ducks and hits Liv. Rhea gets rid of Asuka. Liv is able, acting like she blind by the miss, she ends up getting, like countering Rhea, where Rhea is teetering on the edge. And Liv just fights her way over to try to get her. But eventually, Rhea knocks down Liv to become the women's... 2023 Royal Rumble winner, and she is going to WrestleMania. We know that she and Bianca are gonna. She's gonna choose Bianca because they've been teasing that. They've been teasing that since November, like when they had that run-in spot. But there is the ability. It shouldn't happen. But there is the ability to have her go up against Charlotte and and get revenge for that that Thunderdome era WrestleMania where she got her ass kicked by Charlotte. That was sadness incarnate for me. Because even yeah. Rio was so disappointed with that match and how they took the title mm-hmm. off of her. But yeah, it is mommy wins. And they also noted at uh, the commentary noted that Rhea and Liv, they set a new world record for the longest time spent in the women's Royal Rumble, 
which is now at a record of one hour, one minute and eight seconds. And they broke the previous record holder by Bianca Belair, who lasted 56 minutes and 52 seconds from the 2021 Royal Rumble. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So WrestleMania is set. Cody is the men's winners and Rhea is the women's. Okay. So let's get to this main event, shall we? Because the match itself was pretty decent. But that ending, though. That was why you were there. Yes, that ending was fire. So the main event. I will will say this. You set up the amount of time you had. That's how good the storytelling has been, that your story angle outdraws the main event match. I have to go. Oh. But I want to talk about this. So I will... (laughs) Can we do an addendum to the podcast? Because I have to go help my wife. <laughs> when do you want to uh, record it, John? Don't stop. You all can keep talking. I'll listen to what y'all say and jump on it. Because this, this, I'll say this before I go, because I genuinely want to hear you all and I'll tune in to the finished product. I haven't, I've been following the storyline and being new to wrestling and rewatching stuff for the last six weeks or so. I'm all in now. Like the, it got me like the last yeah. two, two, three minutes of that. My son was in the room. I was trying to explain to my son, like, no, those two bearded guys are kind of friends, and he's trying. I'm trying to explain it to him. Yeah, my friends, but he wants to be like them. But it's like this. Oh, but he can't hit him. No, what's he doing? So my son's almost teary eyed watching it happen and going, "Why'd they handcuff him? Why'd they that?" I'm trying to explain, and then my son watches. My son watches it happen. Not to give it away, you gotta listen to the podcast. But my son watches it all happen, and he's overjoyed. That was the right thing. But then watches Sami Zayn, and the rest is that history. I just wanted to share that too. But we'll talk. I got to go help or I'm going to get in real trouble. Yeah, go ahead. Technically, we're meeting again in two weeks. We'll, yeah. We'll talk in two weeks. Well, we'll talk in two weeks. And thank <laughs> your wife for letting us keep you for a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I keep, I'm keep getting that, that eyes around the corner look. And I think the next one might be more than just eyes. Yes. Tell her thank you. We apologize. <laughs> and yeah, go do what you need to do. We'll talk soon. <laughs> it's a blast. Later, uh, Professor. <laughs> thank the fucking Lord he's gone. <laughs> no more noobs. We can talk in code now. It's perfect. We don't have to explain everything to him. It's so nice. Right? Please don't, no, please just... don't put that in. Please don't put that in. It's going to stay in. Fuck. <laughs> hey, just as a disclaimer, listening audience, the four of us are really good friends. We talk massive amount of crap to each other, so it's all good fun. We don't really mean it. Well, yeah, it didn't mean anything I said while you were off the <laughs> I, I do. I want to listen. I want to hear what y'all said. I got <laughs> about that. We, we like, dedicated like 10 minutes to you at the top. <laughs> that's why I'm like, why? How have we been talking about me for this? Then I was like, no, they're talking about this. We were mostly talking about the fact because John hasn't played Magic in forever, but I played for a while and haven't played Never Two. So we're going down our old, like nerd trap of that, like going over all the stuff for that. That's how we started this podcast. <laughs> I, can't wait, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Alrighty, so let's talk about this main event. So the main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns took on the challenger, Kevin Owens. I knew this was going to be a fun match to watch. <laughs> it was brutal as hell. That oh my gosh. There in there that were taken that like, how the hell? Let's just fast forward to the last five minutes. The double, like when Roman Reigns took Kevin Owens's head and just threw it against the steel stairs twice. <laughs> His head hit the edge, like right down in the little lobe here. He I, was like, oh! I was like, no, how was he not concussed? Like, I'm only saying Kevin, I'm also who's Kevin Steve after like yep. and everything and sees him moving and that man can take bumps. <laughs> yeah. That was craziness. But the whole thing also that I'll say is like the way they told the story, the way they shot it, I was engaged not only with the wrestling, 
but watching Sami Zayn react, I was torn to him. Like I'm never that engaged with someone on the side of a match. They got me. Like I'm watching Sammy like a hawk. Like, how is he doing? What's he doing on this? And is he going to turn? Is it going to happen? And he pulls a Seth Rollins. So, yeah. So the match itself was a lot of fun. It was brutal. Roman Reigns increases the violence as it gets towards its foregone conclusion. We have a ref. Desperate. Yeah. As we get a ref bump spot and Kevin Owens had him twice, but there was no ref to count. Nope. (laughs) And eventually once the head Kevin Owens's head to the steel stairs happens, then it's just combo breaker finisher one two three Roman Reigns wins, which predictable, but it was still a fun match. But then we get to the ending, which was like the last ten minutes of the pay per view. So Kevin Owens is laying on the floor defeated. The bloodline, which consists of Jimmy and Jay Uso, your undisputed tag team champions. But based on what happens at the end, that might not be for long. Was along with Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn walks in. Jay is about to put like the lay on Sami Zayn. Be like, yo, bro, welcome to the bloodline. And Roman stops him. And then they proceed to beat the piss out of Kevin Owens again. Super kick Potter. Honestly, if I could. Yeah. Young Bucks versus Usos would be interesting. (laughs) Funniest thing of like listening, because you could hear it on the feed a little bit, is Paulie Heyman pulling out the first set of cuffs. He goes, Paulie, Paulie, where'd you pull those from? Oh, my travel team. I always travel with double pair of cuffs. I was like, Heyman's into some things. I like Paul Heyman. Yeah. Yeah. I like Paul Heyman. And you know what? When you hear him outside in interviews, when he talks about the business, you genuinely feel like he he really loves this and he cares about it. He still loves it. And like his stories is so much fun. <laughs> but that was br- the super kicks were brutal. The Sokoa going after the whole like Pillman eyes with the Mago Samoan spike <laughs> too the towards the, the oh. stuff. It was serious. It was brutal. And the fact that Kevin Owens didn't bust open the hard way, I'm surprised. Yeah. And then the most pivotal moments. So they pin up Kevin Owens with the handcuffs to the ropes and they continue to brutalize him. And then Roman takes the chair and he's ready to bash Kevin Owens' skull in he with the chair. Yep. After he's yep. pushing Sammy in the face. Oh my gosh. And then Roman Reigns is about to hit Kevin Owens. And then what happens next? Sammy Zayn steps in front and, t- and tells Roman, listen, it's enough. You've done enough. Like you it's made your point. You. Yeah. Beneath you. And then. Yes, Roman, the ultimate villain move, tells Sammy, then you do it, hands in the chair. And I was like, I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm like, just like, I'm quiet. I was just like, oh, what is about to go down? Simon Miller, I think, put it best today when he said about this moment. He was like, this is the pinnacle of Roman's career, finally, where Roman has gone from suffering succotash and like being pushed to our faces, we hate him, to a kind of tweener, like, he's a heel, but we love seeing what he's doing, we love everything about him, we want to see him keep building and building on this. He's finally achieved full heel status, where it's, we want to see you get your ass beat. You have now taken the heart out of this, you have taken the heart out of WWE, you are a maniacal villain and it's time for you to die because yeah and we're gonna get to that because 
Roman gives Sammy the chair. Sammy step is like contemplating what to do. Roman turns his back and then the greatest storytelling moment in this bloodline storyline happens. Sammy Zayn takes the chair and he swings it, but he does not hit Kevin Owens. He hits Roman Reigns in the back of it, mirroring what Seth Rollins did to him all those years ago when the shield broke up. Man, Roman Reigns' record. Yeah. It was the loudest loudest pop I've heard since Edge returned in 2019. Yes. Or or Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Yes. It's the loudest pop I've heard in forever. Oh my gosh. And when that happened, like I knew that here's the thing. If you've been watching wrestling for a long time, like the foregone conclusion is that Sami Zayn is going to turn. Like I figured that was going to happen. I still yelled at my TV screen when that moment happened. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're actually doing it. I was like, they pulled the trigger. Finally, after the verbal abuse from Roman, all this paranoia playing in it. And I was just like the moment. Watching Jerry's reaction. You are my brother. You were my brother. I didn't have my like, super kick. Well, and also, who beats him down first? Jimmy, <laughs> yep. who is his favorite, who has been his best friend the whole time, got the handshake. Jimmy takes the super kick first and starts pummeling the shit out of him. Then we get Solo, which we expected. Samoan Spike. Spike. Bumps up like, to him. Jay doesn't, doesn't go after him. Yep. And that was the interesting bit about this whole thing. Because as they're beating d- down, then they set Sammy up for Jay to do something. Jay looks at Sammy, looks at the rest of the bloodline. Jimmy and Roman are yelling at Jay. And what does Jay do? Nah, he goes underneath. He exits the ring. He rolls out. He looks at them. And Jimmy's just, what you doing, man? Be like, you're my brother. You ain't his. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, this is perfect storytelling. Because who, when he came back from in- from injury, from being had drunk and disorderly, was the one pushing against Roman, had the giant Hell in a Cell match against Roman. Jay. It was Jay. <laughs> Full circle. Jay, he doesn't know what to do because Sammy gave him hope that he forgot he had. And Sammy told him, I owe you. You need something from me. I'll give it to you. If Jay had given him the chair, would he have hit Kevin Owens? Ooh, that is an excellent question. I don't think so. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Who Here's what I said, and this is just me and my little booking hat. So I think, so here's the thing. Roman has finally reached peak heat, like when it comes to being a heel, like full on organic heel heat, because as soon as Sammy gets beat down, then what does the crowd begin to chant organically? Fuck you, Roman chants begin to pop in. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. See, yeah, I'm waiting to see the die Roman die signs. Oh like, my god, die, Rocky die, die Roman die. That is insane. But yeah, Jay going out of the ring, just looking at them, and then he starts to cry, bro. I was like, oh, mwah, magnifique. And he's just like walking away solemnly, silently up the ramp. So again, let's go back to my booking hat. So it makes logical sense that people want to see Sammy be the one to dethrone Roman after what happened. But let me tell, let me just say. Maybe he doesn't win the title, but based on what we saw, depending on where they wanted to go to the direction, I think at some point you run it back with Jay and Roman. And I would think maybe not for a title, but I think Jay, after a little bit of trying to figure out what to do, thanks to Sammy, I think he pushes back against Roman and he gets his licks back in and evens the score. Or is it a little extra before Roman? Yep. 
Because the so elimination, think, yeah, elimination chamber is like, the last pay per view before Rumble. I mean, before the WrestleMania. Man, I think they might do Sammy versus Roman for a non title match and have Sammy be the first person to cleanly pin and beat Roman Reigns in a match. So then when Cody wins, it's not terrible. Or we don't have a, a Batista Daniel Bryan situation yet. Do, does Adam Pierce or someone or like whoever else like stick Roman in the chamber and Sammy's put in the chamber and he gets a clean pinfall on Roman, but not, but Ooh. the title doesn't change hands or something happens in there. Something where Sammy cleanly becomes the team, the first person in however long to cleanly pin and beat Roman. Or do we get a, a Sammy Van Jay Uso versus Jimmy Uso and Sammy Sokoa for, for, you know, like Jimmy like vacates the tactics and joins Sammy and then they win the tactics and his brothers. See, that could be an option. The only issue with that, in my opinion, is because you do have these tournaments going on, especially on SmackDown right now. So I'm thinking what happens is now this is, again, Booker hat. I think this is going to be tough because the finals for that SmackDown tag team tournament to get a tag team match for the SmackDown titles is between Braun and Ricochet and Imperium. (laughs) So I think because technically the Usos are heels, it would make sense booking wise that Braun and Ricochet be the ones to challenge for the title since they're the face. But I also wouldn't be mad if Imperium versus Uso because that would be a banger of a match. But I think that, in again, this might be different by the time it happens. I think during this tag team championship match, Jay costs them the title by walking out or something, giving either Imperium or Braun and Ricochet the SmackDown titles. And I think those two hold on to it until WrestleMania or whatever. Because then, oh, oh, for sure. Honestly, that would be so much fun. But I think from here, you start to unwind the bloodline a little bit where the Usos will lose their titles. I think Solo gets destroyed by somebody and then eventually leads to Roman losing the title. (laughs) I think Solo should have gone there for the IC. Oh my gosh, that'd be so good. My, My Booker hat's going at least going to WrestleMania, I think they're unwinding the bloodline and like shattering it so that Roman has no backup in either of the matches. Like at that point it's done not because they've lost titles or anything else, but Jay pulls Jimmy out somehow. There's something where it gets completely shattered. Like Jay and Sammy just take out solo and Jimmy. So it's Cody versus Roman by himself. Or you stick solo in the elimination chamber match to basically something like that. Or like to basically take Roman's trying to get Cody to lose his spot at WrestleMania. He's so desperate and he gets solo in there to take it, but solo doesn't get it. But, but like Roman's getting worried about the fact like people are going to take it from him in his bloodline. Are you coming after my stuff now? Are you coming after me because you're trying to get my title shot? Like, yeah. Roman the paranoia needs to be ramped up as we lead into WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, then you just, then Roman himself takes out his own bloodline group so that he's alone. At the end of it, I'm yeah. Out. So he just like loses his mind and like spears someone through the elimination chamber. Yeah, he's like a kayfabe hurt, and Jimmy and Jerry have their own like because of what happened, and Roman's just on his own. Doesn't even let Paul Heyman come out or something like that. He, Jimmy even tries like somebody. He just goes to do it, and Jay stops him. And they have a moment there where Jay's holding Jimmy back from helping Roman. Like they cut to Gorilla, and he's got him there. Like you're not going in. He did it to, did it to himself. He needs to learn. <laughs> There's so I like that. I, that's a good idea. I like that one. There's so much that happens to fall apart. Yeah. 
I'm only concerned yeah. about what happens when they fall apart. Because I remember what's going to happen to him once the blood levels. The hope is he gets knocked down to the inter- intercontinental title scene, or they put him in the U.S. title scene on Raw, and he give him a, a, a smaller title like that to get started because they can't have him wreck through. He's too big and too much. Have him hit Bobby Lashley. Have him hit Brock Lesnar. Have him hit Gunter. Get those monsters out of the way before they get him up to the main title scene again. All right, I would love because he's I like his what he's doing. He's actually solo a lot, so I want to see him. Yeah. And this was a bizarre decision, too, because like technically Solo has held a singles championship, even if it was less for 24 hours. It was the North American title, right? Yep. He had the, he got the NXT North American championship from was it Cameron Grimes? I think. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. But then. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The point being is that and then the following NXT, like they stripped him of the title because he was part of main roster and not part of NXT or whatever. So then they took the title from him and that's what led. Yeah. I believe that's what led into the five way fatal five way ladder match at Halloween havoc because that title was vacant. No. So solo defeated Carmelo for it. Cause Carmelo had it at the time. Cause he was on a second yeah. title. Yeah, that's right. And it was then some, it was, I was yeah. on a main event of Tuesday NXT. It was like, it was NXT TV. So I was like, Oh dang, solo got the title. That's kind of dope. I still think the triple threat between him, Carmelo, and Cameron Grimes for the NXT United North American Championship was fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, it was I'll, great. I'll, oh my gosh. I'll... Again, I'm really excited to see what her and Isla Dawn are doing, but that's for a different conversation. But man, but the over, ending overall, to the Rumble was great. Yeah. The whole pay per view was amazing. Sorry, I just thought another idea popped my mind. Something I thought was kind of crazy. Go for it. My, so, my, I'm proud of my so, I feel like there's a chance we put out the Jimmy versus, and I feel like the tag title should be put up. And I feel like it'll be cool. Let's get heel New Day and have New Days come in and have New Day try to do the title collection for the tag team. So they're already having seat champ. Yeah. That would be a have lot of fun. Come in. Now the New Day has to like win the other two with their title separately. So we'll have like a title collection New Day because they don't ask them. And it, it's a breath of fresh air until you know, something happens and they get big. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Now, if we're going to go that route, like, again, triple threats are always very hard to do in tag teams. But honestly, now, again, this is super fanboy in me and I would die of this. If we're going to go that route, WrestleMania for the tag belts, I don't know what kind of match. I would say make it a ladder match, honestly. But you get the Usos, the New Day, and then you get who you get the other tag team that has history with both of them. You throw in the Street Profits. That to me, it screams great match to me. Or if you pull them out, you take the winner of the SmackDown tournament and stick them in there. So, because you have both titles on the line and the Usos have to give in twice to lose both sets of titles. So, you've got either Imperium or Braun and Ricochet, which in a ladder match would be insane. And then you've got <laughs> New Day coming in for the Raw titles to collect there because then you can have them face off. But it's so they could win both titles. But it's a two out of three falls match, basically. Like you have to pin for each set of titles. One's on the line first, one's on the line second. Oh, that'd be oh, so crazy. Bring back the bring back the championship scramble. Let's do oh my gosh, yes, championship back back. scramble, Matt. Do like the fifteen minute championship scramble for the raw belt, and then the fifteen champion fifteen minute championship scramble for the SmackDown belt. Then start with thirty minute time slot with four different teams. Yeah, it would work really well. <sighs> that would be so good. We'll see in the next two weeks what they book for Elimination Chamber, and I'll see it live. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so. Really quickly, what we so that is going to conclude our coverage of this episode of the Biconics, the Royal Rumble. Overall, let's give final grades. I'll go first. Overall, giving the bill to the Royal Rumble and basically everything that happened, despite the 
two non-Rumble matches being the Pitch Black match and then the Raw Women's Championship match being okay at best. The two Rumbles were a lot of fun, which was a big improvement from last year. And the yeah. main event was a fun match, but that ending was peak storytelling that we have gotten in the last couple of years, which is beautiful. I gave the Royal Rumble 2023 a B plus. So I'll sit here with it. Most of the time, the Rumble can't go b- below a C plus for me ever. Like just because you have the Rumble match and all that stuff, usually unlike last year, you just can't screw it up. This year, not the best they've ever had. There are a lot of ways they can improve on it, but it was definitely an uptick from last year. I'd give it a solid B to B minus for it. It was definitely like it could have been a lot better in certain ways. What gets up to a B B plus or like around basically just a B is the two rumble matches and the end of the, like the last bit of that storytelling. That's what mm-hmm. that I'm only giving a B plus just because of the one line during the. I mean, everything else gives it the B, but then the one line that happened during the pitch black match, he's going, "Who's that?" Oh, that's Uncle Howdy. Oh, howdy, Mr. Howdy. And then he dumps on, to me, it was hilarious when I watched that clip. So that right there gives me a B plus. I saw that clip on Instagram, and I actually had a certain point in the match. I thought that line was neat. It was one of the dumbest, funniest things happened when it came. Oh, Pat McAfee. Oh, Pat McAfee. But yeah, so what we so literally, at the time of this, all of us will be meeting again in two weeks because... Scheduling wise, I wanted to record an episode because we won't be able to. It will be a while, but we're going to give a preview at the Elimination Chamber. We're going to go over what exactly that match is. And hopefully by then we will have somewhat of a card of what is going to be there. And of course, one of our Biconics co-hosts will be there live. <laughs> Come find me. I'll be up in the on the hard cam side and I'll be probably down the end of the ramp there. I don't know the exact place there, but it's the Bell Center. It's huge. So come find me there. I'll be with a, there with a friend of mine and we're in the kind of the mid deck section. So hopefully I'll see somebody there. If you listen to our podcast and know us, say hi. I do like to talk to people. Also, Simon Miller, JVL is going to have a sign. So if you please, please, <laughs> please give us an up. Please give us it up. But that is going to be it for this episode of the Biconics. Thank you so much for tuning into this almost three and a half hour podcast. But we're going to the rumble. Yeah. Oh, this sure. rumble. Yeah. <laughs> we got some good entertainment. Yeah. Where's this rumble. My in and out, Minnie? Where's my in and out? <laughs> but until next time, y'all remember from all of us here at Vibe Tribe, take care of each other, love one another. And as always, in the words of Brian Zane, Like what you like. Don't be a dick. Enjoy your wrestling. Until the next episode, we will see you later. But ta-ta for now.